Hey, before we get started talking Crazy Rich Asians, I just want to say there's a couple good episodes coming down the pipeline. Uh, the big one being uh, the Genio James Liao coming to Seattle for a Golden State Warriors preseason NBA game. Uh, so look out for that episode as we'll cover our observations from the game as well as a forecast of the upcoming season. That's right, the NBA season is coming back. So something to get excited about. Another thing I did want to mention to my listeners that probably won't be reviewed on this podcast is uh, the movie Searching, starring John Cho, is a fantastic film, and I highly, highly recommend everybody watch it. Uh, I know it's kind of on its last legs in the theaters, but if there was any movie that came out in the past, oh, let's say month, that the Asians should be backing for the reason that we need to show Asians can do it too, Searching should be that film. And now, Crazy Rich Asians. What's going on? Thanks for tuning into the Ewang Bang podcast, everyday commentary for everyday people. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with a very, very long-awaited episode talking the film Crazy Rich Asians. On the phone, I have my very good friend, my confidant, my fellow movie reviewer, uh, Oscar nominee, uh, Jeffrey Liu. How's it going, man? Uh, it's nice to be a uh, crazy, comfortably uh, okay Asian right now. It, it feels pretty good. I, I, I think you're you're below okay, Jeff Lou. But wow. whatever. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding, dude. With with a wife like yours and and the the amazing hey, calligraphy, you're she's knocking out and and while running a pharmacy, I I think I, I think you're doing very very well. With wives like both of us, man, yeah, we're we're, very we're looking to be the men that lunch. It's gonna be great. <laughs> very true, very true, Jeff Lou. Well, we're here talking uh, Crazy Rich Asians, a film adaptation adaptation of a novel that's a story about a young Chinese American woman who travels to meet her boyfriend's family, and is surprised when she discovers that his family is among the richest in Singapore. The film is a romantic comedy starring Constance Wu of Fresh Off the Boat, uh, Henry Golding, Gemma Chan, Ken Jeong, as well as the ever-so-famous, the immortal Michelle Yao. Um, Aquafina. (laughs) Aquafina is as much of an actress as I am a podcaster, okay? (laughs) We don't need to talk about her. Now, this film had quite a lot of hoopla because uh, the writer and director – the writer of the book and the director of this film both decided to turn down guaranteed large paydays from Netflix uh, to put this movie onto the big screen as a future film. And this risk has paid off. I mean this film has been the top – the top of the box office for three weeks running, uh, making well over, I, I believe, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $100 million. So uh, definitely a financial success and uh, beating out uh, quality films like The Meg. 
another story about crazy rich Asians, but uh, this time they, they're they they're making only, movies. They, <laughs> yeah, they were only the ones who funded it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, well, let, let's start from just the final the financial aspect of this. I mean, this movie definitely has been a success. Uh, the budget itself wasn't that high. I think the the budget was only in the neighborhood of thirty million dollars. So. They've definitely surpassed that. Uh, the actors that they had aren't exactly A-list actors, uh, with the exception of maybe Michelle, former Bond girl uh, Michelle Yao. Um, but otherwise, you know, the the other stars of uh, this film are really quite uh, not well known, other than Ken Jeong, to be honest. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think that was part of the. Um, reason why, and, and I mean, some of them were just not well known in the United States. Like uh, Gemma Chan actually has had quite a few TV starring roles uh, in the UK, um, and you know, uh, she's like a host, right? She's like a like kind of like a Total Request Live <laughs> countdown well, or something. I, I think I think that was one of her previous jobs, but um, she's on a show called Humans uh, that's uh, airing that aired on the BBC. So she's actually getting there. Like she, she's one of those up and coming actresses, uh, sort of thing that, um, and she's probably going to be the one who's tapped, um, for the sequel to be the, the main lead there. So, Ooh. um, hey man, like, <laughs> and, you know, like if, if she can get, if she can get her star struck, you know, sooner rather than later, I mean, she's still got a long career ahead of her. She's relatively young. She's pretty talented, and she, you know, she's like, a, I, I think that she did a good job in this, in this film. Yeah, but I mean, like, besides, we'll get into besides, <laughs> besides, besides Gemma Chan, I mean, you have Henry Golding, who he was the host. Uh, he was a, a travel, travel, travel yeah. television show in Malaysia. So, um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't really well known. He had zero acting experience, and you know, mm-hmm. for given what it was, I mean, like, um, the other, the other. Uh, semi well-known members of the cast were Ronnie Chang from the uh, Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and then you have Jimmy O Yang, who is uh, Silicon Valley and stand-up fame. So, you know, um, uh, the, the neither of what he's good at, by the way. But go on. Wow, <laughs> guns blazing. Go on. Well, bit, bitter pill. But I mean, like, um, it it shows that uh, a lot of the the cast members that do have established followings at this point kind of um just wanted to throw their hat in and i actually think the the combined influence like the combined viewership of all the supporting cast really um is what holds it together for the stars as well because if you just have somebody like you know henry golden jr going in there i mean constance Wu, yeah has her fresh off the boat following but that's not an enormous following it you know like the the show is on the chopping block for abc right now too so mm-hmm. you know as as i guess beloved as constance Wu is as a television star her alone was not enough to carry this movie as you know a the triple a title that they were trying to push forward well she didn't carry shit in this movie <laughs> we'll get into that too <laughs> but i i will say i, I think henry golding was a very very pleasant surprise. I, I thought, um, <laughs> despite his character, you know, not being very well developed, uh, similar to Gemma Gem- uh, Chance, I thought, I thought Henry Golding was a was very charming. He was very charming. He's very natural. I mean, that that probably comes with him being a TV show host, but I think he was one of the the few believable 
characters uh, ah. in the in this film. So I I mean minus all the crazy rich part. <laughs> I believe that he was Asian. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I can I can I can write that for right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll 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 get in that in a bit. I I think overall the fact that um the this is something kind of funny to me that you know they make a big deal out of how this is the first um Asian uh fully uh Asian American cast uh that Asian cast not Asia, there, there Asian. were very few Asian Americans actually. Yeah. Well, I mean Constance Wu is Asian American. Yeah, but the rest of them are are not though. They're not American. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh. But uh, okay, the first fully Asian cast in a Hollywood film uh, since the Joy Luck Club, which I I, I think is kind of funny because it seems like uh what, what's called Better Luck Tomorrow was kind of just swept under the rug. And I guess it is Asian Americans in Better Luck Tomorrow starring, you know, John Cho and Sung Kang, directed by the the Fast and Furious legend uh Justin Lin. Um you know that that was a fantastic movie that that just kind of gets forgotten. Um I think a lot of people try to catch up on that. I mean like I know that some of the Southeast Asian community were like, "Hey, you know, uh what the hell, you know, um yeah, there was uh, I don't I don't remember exactly the film. But there was like some the raid. No, not Ongbok, but I'm I mean kidding. like a lot of the Indian Indian Pakistani like people were pointing out that there were all Indian Pakistani movies that were made not too long ago too. Uh, and like Slum this Dog the, Millionaire, the I mean, but that, Oscar that, winning film. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't a that wasn't an American film, you know. I mean, like they they, they kept on trying to narrow it down, and ultimately what it came down with the game town to was that it was a widely distributed feature film to feature an all Asian cast in an all Asian environment. Like better luck tomorrow is a decent example, but it was four main cast members and the rest of them were kind of, they were kind of in like, you know, like a white environment and whatever. I mean, this, this is in Asia, this is in Singapore and it's featuring an English speaking cast. So ultimately, you know, the marketing was just looking for buzzwords to like get it off the ground and and they were trying to get any sort of like viral push that they could but i mean like i i find it kind of sad that like it's the population that's kind of nitpicking itself you know it it's like oh okay great you know like there's that indian pakistani american movie that was made like 5 years ago what was the name of that again <laughs> i fucking forgot like who the fuck cares you know like like don't don't try and like take away the shine of this movie just because you know, the other one didn't get as much attention as as it did. You know, I mean, Crazy Rich Asians put in the time, put in the elbow grease for the marketing push here. And I, I think that's ultimately what, like, you know, is going to bring eyes and what's going to keep on pushing, you know, a Asian American or a American, uh, Asian fueled, like, uh, cinema experience to continue to go on in, in the method that, that Crazy Rich Asians has introduced to us. Yeah, and, and I I would be curious to go um, kind of explore the the marketing that went into this because I think that in itself is a major success. Um, oh yeah, you know it, it got you know bunch of <laughs> a bunch of cheap Asians, <laughs> cheap rich crazy rich Asians to actually go to the movie theaters, um, <laughs> like my parents. <laughs> Um, so I, I hey, think that's that big, is, man. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's huge because otherwise we'd be all on. Uh, 
you know, uh, on Kazaa trying to download movies. I, I'm, I'm kidding about Kazaa. I don't, I don't think that's a thing anymore. But, um, you know, we, we'd all be just, you know, watching movies, uh, pirated versions of movies or illegal versions. But um, the fact that a, a movie that's not really meant to be visually stunning, uh, though I would say it was visually stunning in its own right, and but kind of not in your IMAX 3D movie theater experience way. That's um, what the Meg is for, man. Yeah, exactly. That's why the Meg is the number two movie. <laughs> um, but it, it, the fact that it still did very well because in the box. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't you hate on Jason Statham, man? I, I had a choice to watch either the Meg or Crazy Rich Asians, and I had to watch Crazy Rich Asians, and I regret it. So. Dude, you're uh, a fool, dude. I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm glad my money the, went. The, the fucking Meg? Come on. Dude. Come I, on, man. I am a season ticket holder to Jason Statham movies, okay? Him and The Rock. I, I will always watch their shitty popcorn uh, popcorn action yeah. films. Yeah. Did you watch Skyscraper? You watched, the, you watched Rampage? You watched San Andreas? I you watched all three of those movies? I watched all three of them. All okay. Well worth E-way, my time. <laughs> E-Wing Bang listeners, th- this is your idol, all right? Th- this is the hero that you've chosen. This is this is the hero that Gotham deserves, all right? What the fuck, Dan? Hey, I didn't say these are great movies. Garbage films. I didn't say they were great movies. I just said I have season tickets to watching these guys the same way I had season tickets to watching the Golden State Warriors when we started a guy named Tony Farmer. Uh, a Donald <laughs> Foil. Our, Donald. Our, be- <laughs> our best player was Chris Mills for a little bit. Uh, we had Mookie Blaylock. You know, oh, oh, those good times. So hey, you know, you you love you love your team the same way you love these actors, and I stand by The Rock and Jason Statham. I digress. Right. <laughs> I digress. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, the Crazy Rich Asians, about what we liked about it. So uh, I'm going to start. Okay. I will say this will be short. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm done. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, I like the popcorn that I ate when I watched that movie. It was very tasty. Um, No, uh, Michelle Yao. I I think Michelle Yao is probably the best part of this movie. Um, Not so much in the sense that, you know, like a nostalgic thing to see her on screen. I mean, you know, we all remember her as, uh, you know, not not Bond girl Michelle Yao, but action star Michelle Yao, the one that was in Super Cop with Jackie Chan, the one that was in Crouching Tiger. By the way, I didn't know this, but she actually did all of her own stunts back in the day, which yeah. which, which makes her that yeah. much more incredible. Legit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, gorgeous woman, uh, amazing athlete. I think she she was a ballerina or something. Um, and a, it shows, you know, it shows, yeah. yeah, and over the years, has just really developed her acting chops to the point that you know, in this movie, she didn't have to you know karate chop anybody, and she was still the best part of it. Um, but I will say like her as the, the major, the villainous matriarch of the film, she was fantastic. And and aside from some kind of ill-timed lines that, that she, you know, she just kind of throws in there to take jabs at Americans and the American uh, mentality. I mean, just her mere presence in the film is, is just astounding how she could stand in a room and just look at people and you would, you would just, feel that fear you you'd get the feeling that you know all characters were you know were not were not comfortable around eleanor young 
and I want to go into my favorite scene in the movie is actually when uh, Constance Wu, uh, Rachel, Rachel Chu meets her for the first time in the kitchen. And it, you know, by the way, kind of a strange thing. If Nick Young, if this was the first time Nick Young went back to Singapore in a really, really long time, kind of strange how his first night he doesn't even bring his, uh, bring his girlfriend home. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I digress. Uh, the first time he, Rachel Chu meets, uh, Nick Young's mom is, uh, the second night in Singapore. She goes to their house for a party and meets Nick Young's mom in the kitchen. And while they're in the kitchen, Michelle Yao's character is directing the uh, the kitchen staff on how to prepare food, you know, when to bring it out, et cetera, et cetera. And she's almost purposely distracted to, to not give uh, Constance, Constance Wu the, the like light the of day. day. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the way that she asks the, the right and the polite questions, but only responds in almost a half kind of a half-hearted like oh that's kind of interesting that's cute (laughs) yeah exactly that's cute oh americans living their dreams i mean i i thought that scene you know not that that hits close to home because you know my my in-laws love me but uh it does kind of hit close to home when you're really trying to impress any asian parent really i mean since when have you talked to an asian parent who was like oh my god like sits you down and is like tell me about all the amazing things that you're doing right Right. I, I, I agree. I like, I, I think that Michelle Yeoh for, for the character that she was given was like absolutely incredible. I, I think that she, I mean, contrary to everything else, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was that Michelle Yeoh was given the ability to develop her character within the confines of the film. I, I think that's the biggest thing why she was such a powerful presence there because everybody else kind of got, you know, in the gigantic cast, everybody, including Constance Wu kind of got short shrift, you know, Michelle Yeoh, like you could see her from the, from the first scene, you know, when um, like she, her husband bought the hotel, uh, you know, when they refused her service and everything like that, you kind of got a sense of this is not a woman that you fuck with. This is a woman who knows who she is, who knows her place in the world. You know, it, it, it's, it was an anachronism because she's in this place and time, like in, in the uh, 70s or 80s at this point, where, you know, it's not only that she's, a, she's um, Asian, she's also a woman, you know, and a woman in Asian culture back then, I, I mean, yeah, there are definitely examples of powerful women but generally speaking they're in deference to their husband or they're in deference to their father or whatever male figures there so it's not just that it's like the ability for her to be in a culture that's you know somewhat culturally opposed to american culture and, and everything but to still be like an incredibly powerful feminist figure i mean that pushes uh just a lot of different, like, conflicting feelings for American audiences. I don't think that she was a true villain, honestly. I, mm-hmm. I honestly think that Michelle Yeoh was the best characterization of, like, a culture clash that, uh, you know, Americans are frankly uncomfortable with and white people are uncomfortable with because, you know, it's not something that you see, uh, in, in that sort of culture. You don't have to balance, like, um, you know, being uh ha- having some degree of family fealty like Michelle Yeoh does and having the teeth to like defend everything and to be like 
an incredible individual onto yourself. Like that is a very, very fine line. And Michelle, you just kind of like tight ropes the entire thing. So I agree with you. Yeah. In a, yeah. In a rare E-Wing Bang <laughs> moment, uh, the, this is the, uh, old spot, old spice, uh, play, play of the podcast right here. Uh, Jeff Lewin and Mio Wang agree on a favorite character for a film. <laughs> yeah, and uh, kind of touching up on that, um, you know, she delivers a good line. I can't, I don't know it verbatim, but she says, like, oh, like, I, I went to Harvard, I met my husband at Harvard Law School. And yeah. uh, Constance Wu was like, oh, I, like, I didn't know you were, you became a lawyer. And, yeah. and Michelle Yao was like, I didn't. Like, I got married and family was a priority. Like, yeah. and that, that just shows you kind of who she is, right? She yeah. incredibly smart, had, you know, the world was her oyster instead. You know, she, uh, she, she did, in her mind, did the right thing by raising a family. And also, you know, it's revealed later that she had her own challenges with, you know, Nick Young's uh, grandmother as well. So, see, um, that was the real villain of the film. Yeah, that, yeah kind that, of. That should, that should be like, oh, fuck, grandma. Like, what, yeah, why are you yeah. so cold? <laughs> yeah, the, the private eye coming out of nowhere. Um, yeah. So I, I, I do want to add on to something else. This kind of ties into something else that I really liked was that um, this film wasn't about girl power. It wasn't like a quote unquote ah, woke film. Okay. I, I mean, it, it's all powerful women, but it's not women like women over, overcoming men in a in a you know a, a sexist world or anything like that i i, I think ah, okay <laughs> I, I i think it stayed away from that pretty well or even if they touched on it it wasn't cheesy it wasn't over the top the same way that they avoided you know asians in america which you know after watching it makes sense because they're asians that go to asia and and they stay there right there there's really nothing they're, they're not you know overcoming white power or anything like that, which I, I appreciated. I, I thought that they would have gone into that quite a bit. So they avoided the Emil Wang touches of death for a movie. It's like, oh, my exactly. God. Exactly. Feminism and they're talking about it? Oh, gross. Yeah, I yeah, would have thrown my popcorn up in the air and been like, fuck this yeah. shit, I'm out. <laughs> um, so, so those are my likes. Uh, and Jeff Lou, I'll give you, I'll get the stage is yours. Go into your likes and I will debate them to the end. Okay. Con contrary to the emaciated peasant of likes that, uh, Emil Wang has presented about this film, I thought that there were an abundance of things that I liked, uh, here. Uh, the, the first off is that, I mean, it was the cast. I mean, you have an enormous diversity of people who are here. And, you know, I, I was one of those people who was just like, why the fuck are they um, casting Koreans in the world of, of, of uh, you know, otherwise Singaporean Chinese people? You know, I, I, I kind of was on that wagon for a little while, but like after I thought about it and after I watched the performances, I got off of that too. I was like, okay, I see what they're doing. Here. After you saw shredded uh, Korean man as uh, Jamma Chan's husband. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah, that too. But I mean also shredded just generally. I mean, yeah, I mean that that's one of the things that I liked here. I mean, you finally see Asian attractiveness not in a traditional sense, you know, like the the women in this film were not just you know dainty and beautiful and you know like subservient and, and, and most of them were very you know self-possessed individuals and even in the case where you know they wanted to defer to their husbands like in Gemma, Gemma Chan's case 
you know, uh, she was trying to be a dutiful wife. She was trying to, you know, spare her husband's feelings in a lot of instances. You could still see, like, there was a great deal of influence and power that she wielded herself, and, and she got to swing that around, you know? Constance Wu was proud of who she was, and she was, you know, willing to jump on the grenade to preserve the happiness of somebody that she truly cared about. You know, we already uh, talked about Michelle Yeoh's amazing, you know, de- like, conflicted femininity there. Uh, I mean, you you had all sorts of that, all sorts of, like, examples of beautiful women. I mean, every single one of the women that you're introduced to that have a name in this uh, in this movie uh, are educated, are, are very well educated, and they, and and they have good jobs, and they have all, all sorts of stuff. It's seeing, it's being able to be portrayed in that sort of light as well, you know, a light of professionalism and a, a light of like, you know, prestige and whatnot that is uh, that isn't present in other movies, you know. Um, I mean, that's that's one of the first that that was that was the attractiveness of like the Asian female. Um, in this film and the attractiveness of the Asian male was, I mean, it, it was a lot more straightforward. I mean, you finally have attractive Asian guys in a film and there's like a billion and a half of us. I mean, come on, they're bound to find a couple of them. Yeah, but that, no, 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 that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You, there's a billion and a half of us. We're all around the fucking world, but like Jet Li couldn't fucking kiss Aaliyah. That's the biggest fucking thing. You know, they well, never, you, 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 well, you know why, right? Because he's, aller- he's allergic to her uh, lipstick. Or whatever. You, she, they couldn't. They couldn't put. They couldn't put fucking plastic <laughs> lips. On. You watch Con Man '99. Put plastic lips on no, Aaliyah. Saying, that I would mean, like, be the most racist shit ever. No, 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 no. Like I, I'm just saying. Like they, they, they could have done some shit, but every single instance, like Chow Yun Fat came out, and what did they like to American? What did they make him? They made him the fucking bulletproof monk. You know, well, like his first the, movie was. Uh... The one the re- with uh, the, replacement the replacement killers, killers. yeah, yeah, with yeah. Sorvino. Yeah, he didn't get with Mira Sorvino, dude. He Mira didn't S- need to, man. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what I'm saying. You're proving my point, man. Like yeah. they put them in, they put Asian Americans in, like or Asian actors in this impossible situations where it's impossible for them to be sexualized. I mean, Glenn, Glenn from Walking Dead was an enormous thing when he got together with Maggie in, in that series. Like, people gave up a cheer, you know? Like, it was like, finally, there's like a, a, a showing of like Asian sexuality that's not like, oh, this guy's ultra fucking rich. Hey, hey, uh, have you ever heard of this, uh, God, this famous actor? Um, I don't remember his name. Oh, oh yeah, his name's Bruce Lee. Um, how about that guy? Yeah, he, when did he, Bruce Lee when did Bruce Lee make out with a chick on on the fucking on the fucking screen? Didn't matter. He ended up with a white chick. <laughs> no, it didn't fucking matter. That's behind the fucking scenes. That's not a portrayal. Look, you can say what you want. Bruce Lee Bruce Lee was known for his kung fu. He wasn't like yeah, he was a good looking guy. They call him that. He's a good looking guy. Mm. But like, there's a difference, you know. And they were trying to like they were trying to put him on this like on the stage where. That was all that he was going to do. He was just going to do kung fu movies, and he died early. I mean, yeah. I, I'm just saying, man. Like Bruce Lee was was a revolutionary guy, but he didn't live long enough to like to make steps. And he might have, you know, maybe he would have. Maybe he would have been like the first instance of like an Asian on screen, you know, kissing a woman, you know, mm-hmm. or ki- ki- or or having an interracial relationship of, or, or of some sort. 
But the point is that didn't exist until, you know, very, very recently. Well, I, I mean, but I'm saying crazy rich Asians. It's still Asians kissing Asians. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, you're opening, you're opening the door at this point. I you know, guess. Yeah, you're I, I you're mean, talking I, about Western distribution. There's a fucking yeah. difference. You're talking about English speaking, like, like not only is their English perfect at this, at this point, but they're portrayed in a way in which they can be viewed in this, in this lens. I mean, I, I, I'm, I mean, are you saying that there's no problems out there, that there's not an instance where, like, there is some sort of racial overtone, not just with Asians, but, like, also with, like, with black people, with Mexican people, with any anything along those lines in which, like, there is a stigma against putting them in a sexualized position or in an over-sexualized position, like, in, in certain races. Like, black men are viewed overly sexualized in certain cases. You know, like, it's an adjustment. You know, yeah. like it's not just a stereotype anymore. We're not just that guy. We don't have to be just the fucking best friend anymore. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like th- yeah, there's a, there's a paradigm shift there. And I mean, even if Crazy Rich Asians is not the first one to do it, it doesn't have to be. This is the most widely distributed film to do it. You know, mm. people are watching this film and that's the importance of it. It's important to put people on screen that represent us that look like us that can also fucking take off their shirts and then everybody will go ooh you know look at that you know yeah. like otherwise otherwise it, we're always going to stay stagnant and that sort of <laughs> otherwise when white people see us on the street they're always going to be like look at those two fat motherfuckers <laughs> yeah or you know like <laughs> they have on, no dude. potential to be shredded oh wait this but i remember it's this not, one time this asian guy that. Took his shirt off in a film. No, oh my god! Asian no, 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 no. I mean, look, we we have had a stigma for fucking forever. Like ever since we grew up, it's like you know the limp dick, little dick sort of analysis. That was absolutely like a present thing. That was absolutely a stereotype, and it's not helped that like nowhere in fucking television or film were we shown to be a viable like. Sexual object. I'm not saying over sexual. Wait, have you seen Kenny Styles? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Go, <laughs> go that route. No, I'm just saying, man. Like you're proving my point. You're you're like I don't like you you're you're showing that there's one dude in fucking porn that does this. <laughs> there's one guy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just like e- even in that realm, we're underrepresented. So. Yeah, I've heard of that one guy, but I've also, like, not heard of a bunch of, like, white dudes that are fucking on the screen humping all the time. So, you know, like, <laughs> I don't fucking care that I know that one Kenny Styles guy, you know, and, and, you know, we'll get into this later, but like, this, that's, that's, that's the significance of this film for me. But beyond just the casting on this, I also thought that it was a very, very high production film. Cuts were great. The editing was great. Cinematography was really, really fun as well. Um, agreed, it was just agreed, agreed. It was just a, it was a, it was a fun movie, and there were funny moments in there. It was a lighthearted movie, and it was, it was intended to be shown as such. So, a lot of stuff that I enjoyed about it. Not just, not just like you know the character development. Um, you know, I didn't think it was a groundbreaking movie in terms of plot, but it didn't have to be. That wasn't its intention. I thought we that... will talk about that later at the end because I think that is kind of what what this all comes down to. But what we'll, 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 <laughs> for me, for me, 
we'll talk about a little bit about the more specifics of the movie. Um, and here, here's one of my problems, and you touched on this earlier. There are a lot of characters in this film, um, and I, I think any film ad- adaptation of a novel usually has that problem. But I think one of the problems you run into when you have so many characters is nobody is sympathetic anymore. Constance Wu for me already was was kind of toeing the line of like I don't know why I should care about her. Um, my bigger problem was Gamma Chen. I, I she had no redeeming qualities other than her being somewhat like normal to Rachel Chu. Um, but other than that, I mean, what, was there anything that really developed her as a person? She was a victim. She was a she victim. She was not a victim. She she was she was a victim to her husband, and yeah, at the end she's. Oh. I mean, as the movie, like throughout the movie, she is the victim, and then she finds her strength at the end. But my question is, why do we care, right? I mean, like other than like I get the fact that you know this this happens to women. That's really sad. But would we care if this happened to? We would care more if this happened to a woman that we identified with or we had sympathy for or was overall had a compelling story i mean she didn't have a compelling story she was obscenely wealthy spent 1.2 million dollars on earrings and didn't bat an eye like what why why should we care about her oh my goodness are you serious it's not just the material wealth that she was the very example that material wealth does not purchase happiness in this case she was like a, a a ambassador to like a whole bunch of crap. She was a fashion model. She had all this sort of stuff because she found love in her husband. She was willing to put all of that aside to support somebody that she loved and she cared about. The reason that her story was compelling was because despite all of that, she was still betrayed. Like, was I, was I in the bathroom when they talked about her success? I don't I, know. I, I mean, that's, that's, but that's the they, thing. Like, Henry I, I don't... Golding, Henry Golding went through this. Granted, it was through exposition more than anything else, but yeah. You, you was... mean like a, a Fast and Furious put, putting the team together? No, it was scene? like when she, when you were first introduced to Gemma Chan, that yeah. Gemma Chan's character, that's how she's introduced. Yeah, you know? yeah. They like don't have the fast time. And... Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Like it's a character exposition. It's a, it's a bio, but yeah. Yeah, they they don't have time to go into her. Well, well that's like, what I'm saying. Character, right? but like, like it's it, enough of a background that when she is ultimately betrayed by this dude who she supports, who is like who she supports and gives enough space and is trying to do everything that she can to be like the correct, like to make him feel like he can he can come into success on his own. Oh, he then, came into success, all right. <laughs> See, this is exactly what I'm fucking talking about. You're mixing, you're mixing, you're mixing this shit up. You're, you're, you're well, like, like, how, do you feel bad for the guy in that case? Uh, I'm, I'm indifferent to everybody because I, I like, they <laughs> didn't develop anybody. Like, they're, they're just like, you, you you're see. not, but it's not, you're not trying to develop an entire movie around her. She is a supporting character, and you have to look at this as a franchise. Even if you don't want to look at it in the context of a movie, take it as a mini-episode then. Take take her story as like a mini-story in an anthology movie, okay? She's one Ooh. character. Like, mm. it's, it's, not, it's not her fucking story, but her story ties in. 
Her story ties into Constance's story. Her story ties into Michelle Yeoh's story. Like does it, it? It How? does. Because this is the this is the story of a whole bunch of like her Michelle Gemma Chan Michelle Yeoh and Const- they even have a scene together. Gemma Chan and Constance Wu do. No. Ge- no. Yeah, Gemma Chen and Michelle Yao don't even talk to each other. They in the don't, film. but they're two, they're three different prongs of success. Those three were the main characters, and they each found success in their own way. That's the whole point, man. Like, Michelle Yeoh found success by being dutiful to their, her family. Rachel Chu found success because she worked really hard at, like, at education and whatnot. And Gemma Chan found success because she was, like, a generally good person and was attractive enough to be a model. Like, despite coming from rich upbringings, but, all but when three of them s- had to make sacrifice to get but to when the did place we where they see wanted. That, but when did we see that, though? Like, like, and my point is, like... I mean, how do you assume that Rachel Chu is supposed to do that? You, you're given a snippet of her. The story isn't the origin of Rachel Chu. You're well, expecting a nine-hour movie then. No, so but I mean, at least they... go and develop each at, one of these characters. No, at least they developed Michelle, Chow, uh, Michelle Yao and Constance Wu's characters enough. Because those are the two main characters. They didn't, they yeah. didn't even develop Henry Golding. Look, the, as yeah. much as you don't want to admit it, this is a girl power film because those are the two characters that they focus on the most. And both of them come from completely different aspects. There was not a single other character besides Michelle Yeoh and Constance Wu that was developed to that level. Gemma Chan is the third place person for character development here, and she got she got as much of it as, as she could. Like Henry Golding is supposed to be the supporting actor here, the main supporting yeah. actor, but he doesn't get shit because it's not his story. It's yeah. the story about the women here, and like that's 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 why Gemma Chan is in there. And that's why Gemma Chan is most likely going to be, you know, and, and, you know, when we started out, you're saying like, oh my God, I can't believe like Gemma, like they're going to give an entire other movie to Gemma Chan. I mean, that's what you're accusing of them, them of not doing this time, of not developing their character, her character enough. So they're going to give her a movie so that, you know, you can critique it for a completely illegitimate <laughs> reasons, like on a 90 minute level. <laughs> can't wait. Ah. Uh. But, 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 like, why even have her as a big deal at all is my question. It's a franchise. It's, it's, it's Avengers. Okay. She's the Scarlet Witch, you know? She's an interesting character. You know that she's going to have an interesting story later on, but she doesn't have a standalone movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, when it comes to Avengers, I'm okay with cutting out Hawkeye and, and, uh, and Scarlett Johansson. Are you okay with cutting out Gal Gadot from the the Fast the Fast and Furious series? That's what I thought, man. That's what uh, I, I thought, mean, I don't man. I don't remember anything about her other than she dies. <laughs> she's an Israeli. She's an Israeli secret like Mossad person that comes in because of the thrill. Let's put it. Let's let's put it. Let's let's put it this way, okay? I don't remember her being in Fast and Furious four, and when she showed up in Fast Five, I was like, where'd this girl come from? So anyway, it's kind of how people leave an imprint on the story. And I I think because Michelle Yao and Constance Wu's characters were so intertwined in the story and, you know, at best, uh, what, what what's Gamma Chan's character, Al- Alstred? Yeah, Astrid. Astrid. Astrid's story is, is just like way the hell out there. You know, she barely like – she tells Constance Wu's character that, oh, hey, I'm, I'm going through this divorce. But does it really have an impact on everything? Does it does does it come full circle? I 
I didn't feel that. I, I felt like I was watching like a, a like a like a, a Pixar like opening film or something. Like something just like completely different. Like it, it would it just didn't it didn't fit in with the rest of the movie. And, and I get okay if you're gonna start your if you're gonna have another film about her, that's fine. Um, if, if, if you're gonna do that, you should have had her more in this film, I think. But um. And that goes back to, you know, we, we you have all these characters that just ended up being, you know, un, really quite frankly underdeveloped. And that, like you said, it kind of it kind of affected Constance Wu, too, because she was unconvincing, I think, um, for somebody who is a professor at an esteemed college like NYU. Um, it, it was a little... It, it was a little surprising that she was, I, I guess, subject to so many, um, I guess, being so insecure. How was she insecure? She, uh, I, I don't agree. I don't think that she was insecure at all during this film. I mean, I, I, how? Like when like, she was, got got into the first class for the first time, or no, 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 for, no, 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 no. I mean, like when she meets the family and all that, and when she, um, just in general, interacting with uh, the the family. I mean, it, it I mean, did all... you ex- did you expect her to be like the like like the the over enthusiastic white? Hi, I'm Bryce. It's so nice to meet you, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Young. Oh yeah, you have a beautiful house here. This is great. <laughs> By the way, I'm fucking your boy Nikki over here. Like, I mean, like, what were you expecting? Like, this is this what, is. Did she did she strike you as confident? No, but I mean, you're you, dude. Nick Young didn't even fucking like escort her into the house. Nick Young was basically like, surprise! Look at this fucking Disneyland motherfucker that I live in. Like, it. How are you so, not intimidated? You 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 got raised. You got you got you got into this relationship with a guy who is a professor just like you. Okay, maybe he comes from a little bit of money. Okay, but even if it was just like you know, barely East Coast money, you know, like trickle down mm. parasite money, like you were you were you, you were like a wasp, seventh, wasp yeah, you, money. you were like a seventh generation like Rockefeller or something like that, you know, and you have just enough, and the family house is still there. If you walk into like a fucking Tudor somewhere. Like in Massachusetts, after you meet this person, yeah, I think you'd be fucking like a little bit intimidated. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, yeah. unless, unless you got, unless you're fucking like, unless you're fucking like Jeff Bezos and you walk in and it's like, oh yeah, I could fucking own your shit right now. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to stop all the Amazon Prime shipments to your house. And they're like, no, no, please don't, Mr. Bezos. <laughs> like, I don't know that anybody meeting the parents for the first time. Especially when they're they're caught with that sort of surprise, uh, like what would be comfortable in that situation? Uh, okay, okay, I, but I I think her kind of having the weakness in the beginning is a part of her character, right? She she is like her telling the story of her mom being like this um uh, this successful immigrant that that almost seems in the beginning it almost seems really shallow, right? It's just something that she just says. But she doesn't really come to terms with how how really powerful her own mother is until the very end. Which, by the way, I don't. I, I think you know was one of the better scenes in the movie. Sure. Uh, and they didn't really extrapolate a whole lot on. Um, but I I wasn't. Emil's nine hour perfect movie. <laughs> by the way, mom. Um, thank you so much for a movie. <laughs> 
Yes. Min, miniseries. So you, miniseries. You would have had this on a Netflix TV series route. I, I would have, yeah. I, I think it, it should have been. If they were going to do this right, it should have been. But Okay, um, how would you do this right? Because like, you, you, what you are proposing right now sounds like we like fresh off the boat spinoff. We we never got on the boat. Like, <laughs> like ma, we bought the boat. Like that's it. You know, like <laughs> I, I would like to see that show. Um, I, I don't want to go into how they how they could have done this right because it it ended up as a movie and it's not going to go down the route of Netflix. I, I I just think character development is is a huge deal for me and I don't think. Yeah. That that's that's evident with your selection of movies. Hey, hey the rock how, man. How was how was how was Jason Statham's like science talk? Oh, that's a big shark. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what else did he say? Char- you know, like, character developed. He's he's from the Triassic era. era. Like, oh great, good job, Jason. You learn you you learn the different eras. Like, wow. He, he's an educated diver. That Jason Statham. Um. So, okay, so character development, and and this ties into my next point, okay? And you also talked about the house, this ball in Disneyland. My other problem with this movie was that it it teetered back and forth between ludicrous and what's supposed to be emotional, right? Can can you agree with that? Ah, Yeah, okay. I see where you're going. Like the helicopter uh, bachelor party to the the cargo ship. I mean, don't get me wrong. I laughed my ass off when they pulled up to it, and I was like, dude, that's fucking hilarious. Um, But there's certain scenes in there that I I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be laughing or, like, touched. And I think when movies do that, they – like, you can always have the element of ridiculousness in a film. I think, you know, and it, I, I've kind of backtracked on, you know, a conversation you and I had before that, you know, the, the crazy rich Asians don't really represent Asians. I mean, I understand that they're characters, right? Yeah. Um, but when you make a film where you're, you get to, you know, you're an hour and 20 minutes in and what's supposed to be a very, very touching scene comes off as, you know, you're not sure if you're supposed to be laughing um, I, I think which the scene movie, are you talking about? I'm talking about the wedding scene. Uh, I'm talking about the wedding scene when the water started flowing down the uh, the aisle, and um, you know you see that I think the petals start flowing down. I mean, I, I saw that and I was like, this is this is absurdly stupid. Like it, it it's so like outrageous, and, and I was kind of like, oh man, like are, are, are like is she gonna be like like floated in on like a canoe or something like but but then the music um you know is uh like i think can't help falling in love with you or something that's played you know an acoustic version of it and it's supposed to be beautiful and then you see constance woo and nick young like you know i fucking each other and then they start crying and then you're like what like oh i guess it's supposed to be a touching scene um i, I think when that Sort of when you're left with that kind of feeling in the film where you're not sure how you're supposed to feel anymore, I, I think that's when the movie goes wrong. Okay. And, I, I, and also, like, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, I, I think you're the only person that I know that is confused by the scene. I, I thought you were just like, I thought, I thought what you were talking about was like, oh, yeah, they got onto the freighter and I didn't know whether or not to laugh or cry. It's like, 
would does a bachelor party like this exist ever like <laughs> it's so beautiful shut up dude no obviously like okay i'm just saying but 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 no 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 i'm not done yet i'm not i, right, I remember go, go, my, go. what my last Please. thought was because the girl goes back and forth between like kind of a normal girl their first night out in Singapore and then when it gets to her bachelorette party she's like this girl who's fucking bonkers and just wants to like you know spend money on all kinds of shit right like when she's like oh my god it's gonna be a shopping spree that I'm gonna pay for everything for two hours like you're like what's like like what like why do you take this girl seriously anymore right like she went from somebody who was like completely normal down to earth like you know uh, Rachel Chu's like friend to this like you know to just being another character within the film and then it goes back to this like wedding scene where you're not like I think part of it was because I wasn't sure what to expect like I I thought that I was going to get something so ridiculous like like the wedding, a wedding that is just so outrageous that it's funny. This the same way that her bachelorette party was portrayed as being outrageous, the same way his bachelor party was being portrayed as outrageous. Like, it, it just felt like there was no consistency. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I think that's a nitpick to be uh, honest. Like, mm-hmm. when I saw the bachelorette party, I wasn't like, oh. I don't even recognize this girl anymore because she's acting, you know, like a girl would act during a bachelorette party. <laughs> but, but I mean, did people in the theater laugh, though? I mean, isn't yeah. that whole scene supposed to be like, this is like, is that a scene where they're like, these girls are I, just so ridiculous? I don't know. Did you watch this with Michelle? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it with Leslie. When that happened, she looked at me and she was laughing her ass off. She was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. like, what? oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. You you laugh because it's just so ridiculous that like no, because characters... that's that's what that's like the dream. Like if if you had this, if there were designer clothes and handbags for certain people out there, and then it was just like, oh crap, everything everything here is free. You know, like of course, you know, why the fuck not? It's a bachelorette party. Go fucking wild. You know, I mean that's the whole premise of the Hangover movies too. You know, like. They're just trying to get Ed Helms to act a fool like the entire time. But <laughs> I, I mean, like, the, the, I just think the sh- I, I think that like that that girl it, is a footnote in this movie. She is she is scenery. Okay, she changes. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's scenery, but isn't that kind of a big part of? No, what? it's not. You 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 just Ooh, said it yourself. Uh... She's the she's the she's the crazy rich Asian. She just well, is a. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I see, I see what you're saying. She is scenery, but isn't this what makes the film? I guess isn't that a driver of the film? Like, no, isn't... no. This is Arrested Development, okay? She, like Constance Wu is the straight guy, okay? Constance Wu is Jason Bateman in this, all right? And they're just fucking nuts people around her, and she just got to keep a straight face through all of it. Because she doesn't know these people. She doesn't understand their culture. And everybody else can be going wild and, like, you know, be ridiculous because that's the world. They're completely out of touch. Like, like the, the, 
the one rare scene that you saw at the night market where they were just like all eating together. All Asians do that. I do that, you know? But like, I'm not going to go to a flea market and do the fucking same thing. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to have those two corn dogs right there, you know? And then like when, when like people who see me at like a flea market food court see me in real life, they're going to be like, oh my God, he's such a faker. You know, like I, I just, I'm just saying, like, there's levels to this shit. You know, you, if you're mm-hmm. just having an intimate, an intimate like dinner with, you know, your best friend, uh, or, or your, or your husband's best man or whatever, and his, and his, uh, and his girlfriend coming in for the first time, and you understand what that, you know, implies on an intimate level, then yeah, you know, you're gonna be cool. But when you're with like 20 of your best friends, like, or, or, or your bachelorette party going to a remote island somewhere and you get to blow, like, let's call it $2 million on whatever the fuck you want. I mean, you're going to be drunk and fun. You know, that's the whole point. That's like, that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I guess that didn't, like, that never took me out of the element. And for the wedding part, I don't know why you would laugh because yes. <laughs> Because the river is like, okay, yeah, this is ridiculous, you know, but whatever, you know, like it's a fucking wedding, like. But this, but but is yeah, but isn't that like kind of the point of like all these people in the film that everything's just so ridiculous that you just no, there are elements of ridiculousness, you know, like you get taken away because it undercuts the seriousness of the tone. It's like when Robert Downey Jr. makes a joke at the Avengers, you're like, wow, haha, wow, that. Thank God, that was getting way too tense there for a second, you know? Or when, like, Chris Pratt says something in Guardians of the... And, like, in Infinity War or things, mm-hmm. when Chris Pratt says something, you're like, oh, thank God, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be Thanos, like, fucking telling telling me how, how he's going to snap and, like, like I'm going to fucking disappear and some shit. Like, Chris Pratt can make a joke. It's it's undercut it. Like, this is, this is, this is, like, a lot of what they do right now. And it's... It's watching how normal people relative to everybody else reacts to this crap. Like when they go to the freight bachelor party, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, Nick Young's character or Nick, Nick Young reacts like a normal person would. It's like, you know, I don't like uh, a person who is in love with uh, his girlfriend, you know, like I don't want to be around all these crazy people and these like ridiculous people who like enjoy all these like, like, um, hose that are on this freighter somewhere. I don't want to drink until I'm dead, you know? I want to go back. Like, this isn't what I wanted. Um, the, the guy that was getting married too, he's just like, I, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted at all. But we're in this, like, crazy fantasy winter, like, Wonderland where Jimmy O. Yang's got, like, four million dollars to blow on this shit, you know? And he's gonna blow all of it. And you're around Asian douchebags, like Ronnie Chang's character, who's just like, oh, you know, like, Constance Wu's tits are kind of small. <laughs> like, that's a normal fucking thing to say. We know people like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, when, when, when you go to a meeting somewhere or, or something, there's always that one weird guy who thinks that it's okay to share, like, his odd sexual, like, inclinations toward you, and you just kind of laugh and be like, ha, 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 that's okay, and then you fucking walk away. There's people like that out there. That doesn't change who you are. It does, it does give you context of what ridiculous things are out there. I've heard of ridiculous, like, bachelor parties as well for people who are, like, maybe one or two degrees separated from me. I know that if I was in that position, I'd probably act the way that, you know, Nick Young's character acted there. And I know that there are girls who have crazy fucking bachelorette parties in, like, remote places of the world. Granted, they might not be, like, um, 
you know, like fucking $2 million shop, shopping sprees or whatever. But, you know, the people who run them are like perfectly nice professional people. And when they go out there, it's a drunken haze. I mean, that's that, like, I don't know. That didn't really take it, take it out of context for me. Okay. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Uh, no, you There's one way to look at this film, and it's mine. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to get to. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're at 55 minutes, and and I do want to touch on uh, uh, one more thing, um, and I'm gonna talk about the Mahjong scene. Um, what what did you think about it? I liked it, and the the reason I liked it was because. I play Mahjong, and it honestly kind oh of... Oh, my fucking God, dude. Really? Is yeah. that okay, You know what? For the guy who fucking watches all the God of Gambler movies and shit like that, like, the the the, the level of, like, oh, my God, that's so unrealistic shit that you're pulling on this fucking but, film is, like... Dude, I it's like, like come God on, Gam- man. Like, I like you, God of Gamblers, like, 20 years ago, and it, and, no, I mean, and it was gonna... what it was. Like, it... It it was How is this, original. No, it was what it was. Yes. Okay. It was for the original. Of, for the purposes of this film, the fact that Constance Wu pulled the one tile that like Michelle Yeoh needed to win is like, oh my god, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous and shit like that. No, but no, no, no. Of no, course no. it is. It's being done I, well, for dramatic I, I, effect. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. But my point is, the moment that Michelle Yeoh walked into that mahjong parlor, did you already know what was going to happen? I mean, like, I didn't really know. I just kind of, I like, I liked it because it was cinematically gorgeous, honestly. Like, it, from like, it, it was on a common street and it walked in and then you just had this back shot of Michelle Yeoh walking in and it's something that we're familiar with. And it's not portrayed in a shitty sort of light like they did it in Rush Hour 2. You know, <laughs> like, oh, Oh, you know, like, look at fucking Don Cheadle's underground Mahjong Parlor. You know, this is some shit that we see, you know? And yes, the intention was clear that, like, oh, Constance Wu knows game theory. This is how it's going to end. I didn't know exactly how it was going to end, but I had an idea that they were going to play a game of Mahjong. And I was like... They they were going to play a game of Mahjong. She was going to talk. Their game of Mahjong would be an analogy to what was going on. It would look like at some point Michelle Yao was going to win. Um, she technically did, but she kind of lost. And then Constance Wu gets to deliver a very Game Batman speech. Yeah, a, a no, Batman, it wasn't Batman Dark Knight Returns. It's, it <laughs> monologue. was Game Theory. He, she was telling Michelle remember Yeo- Clark in your darkest moments in your old age. You will remember who. Yeah, but that was the original Frank Miller shit. That's real (laughs) shit there. That's not like some Zack Snyder, do you bleed bullshit. That's (laughs) real shit there. Well, as I'm saying, it was like exactly how I I expected it. Really? When you walked into the Meg, did the shark eat a bunch of people or were you fucking surprised? (laughs) Like, come on now. But, like, but the is, level of like the expectation is is completely different, and, and this goes How into expectation. This is a commercial film. I don't want to like what what were you uh, expecting? What okay, were you expecting? Okay, so, so this film? this takes me to the final point. Okay. Okay. Every everyone thinks that this is legitimately a great movie. Ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. My 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 standard of films is. A 94% movie should be something very, very – a lot better. A very, very original, um, 
very high budget. I, I don't know, better acting. Like it doesn't need to be high are... budget. It honestly doesn't. Okay. Need oh yeah. Actually, you know what? I agree. I agree. It could be like a B horror. A bunch of B horror films have have rightfully earned a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and not not to say that that's the only you know uh, standard we should be measuring films to. But could, would you agree that this at best was an average rom com? No. I believe that at on a rom-com scale, this was a very high-level rom-com. Okay. Um, I, I disagree, but uh, was, it, was it original? No, it was not original. I'll agree with okay. that. Uh, okay. I, I, think that I, I think that the plot was unoriginal. I think that the use of thematics, because of the cultural significance of it, that was original. But mm-hmm. as, like, stories go, it wasn't original. Yeah. And did we force ourselves to like it because it was Asian? No, I actually strongly disagree with that. I, you know what? There, there have been very, very, very few. Like in in the grand scheme of things, romantic comedies scrape the bottom of the type of things that I enjoy watching. Like it, it's very, mm-hmm. very low down there. I, I, I just don't like them. Like they're not yep. like there. There's there's very few, and then they stick out to me as like like iconic ones. Like um, the wedding singer, I thought was hilarious. Um, I think that's that's like a that's like a very very good movie that like will stand the test of time. I think that um, uh, the, not which one was the one Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Um, no, when Harry uh, met Sally. Yeah, when Mar- when Harry met Sally, that was the original. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. that that will stand the test of time. Everything. Or forget else- Paris, another Billy Crystal great. You know, I didn't watch that one, but I mean, those oh. those two to me, like those those two are completely different styles, but they are the ones that will stand the test of time. Like I will watch those again, and I will love those characters still. You know, like that's yeah. that's the kind of the way that I feel about it. And everything else is kind of like a close second. Crazy yeah. Rich Asians does not, or I'm um, sorry, everything else is like a very, 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 very far second. Like mm-hmm. Crazy Rich Asians hits like the middle ground for like romantic comedies for me. Like it is not as good as Harry Met like when Harry Met well, Sally. There you go. It's middle ground for romantic it's, comedy. No, it's a middle ground for a romantic comedy, but it's not just a romantic comedy. It's almost it's a studio era film. Like the the depth of the like, if if you went, go back and you watch some of Cary Grant's old films where he does these like gigantic dancing pieces or whatever. Granted, they're musicals, you know, mm-hmm. and they're dancing musicals. The plot is shit. The acting shit, you know, like it's it's not there for that. The spectacle of it though is amazing to watch. The cinema the cinematography, like it is intended to be watched as a film, not a story. Um, you know, like, and that's, that's kind of the way that I feel about some films. Like you go back and you watch like some of the Charlie Chaplin movies. It's like, you're not watching it because it's like, oh, you know, I really want to know what happens when this train approaches Charlie Chaplin, like what's going to happen or when the wind blows and like, you know, the weather vane keeps on hit, hitting Charlie Chaplin in the ass. Like, I, wow. Like what, what a <laughs> compelling storyline, Mark, you know, like, like I really want to watch story, that. Mark. What a story, yeah. Mark. But I, like, I, I, I get I, what you're saying. I, it's yeah. not only the story. It's not only the acting. It's the spectacle. Like, as let a me, whole. Do you what? know what Crazy Rich Asians ultimately like reminds me of? A Mulan. Movie. 
Moulin Rouge. It, <laughs> oh, God. No. It, it reminds me. <laughs> yeah, okay, see, that, but that's the thing. That's because you're uncultured, but that's okay. You know, I forgive you because you're my friend. Um, <laughs> Moulin Rouge, okay, from a creativity Moulin... standpoint, from a visual standpoint, I mean, it's almost like a circus. It is was... intended to be. Yeah. It's intended to be a circus. It, it's intended to give you a euphoric, almost hallucinogenic feel of how yeah. the movie is supposed to go. And on that note, it it wildly achieves that. Like it's it feels the entire movie feels like a drug trip. Like we're talking about Moulin Rouge still, right? Moulin Rouge. That the entire oh, okay. movie feels there's a high, there's and you know ultimately there's a low, and then there's like the withdrawal. It's it's a I, I feel as though it's a great allegory for like what I'm, what being on drugs feels like. I, I've what, never done drugs, Jeffrey Lou. So, okay, uh, but yeah. I, I mean, like you've heard about it, you know, you've heard stories. <laughs> but so I, I've also heard about people having threesomes, and I've never exactly. Before. Yeah, so you you know, but like you you you're curious, but you can't relate, you know. But like you, you there, there's a, there's a there's an anchor there somewhere. This is that's the way I feel about Crazy Rich Asians. I it's not I do not it is, it is not, nowhere it is not on the story. It, it is, is not nowhere near story. on not, the plane of Moulin Rouge. That is that is insane. No, it is that because is. it's it's an amazing visual spectacle. It is an amazing Dude, visual spectacle. Give me give me a helicopter and like a HD camera and I'll fly around Singapore and I'll I'll, I'll make you crazy. Rich I, you Asians, know what? Okay? Even 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 if I gave you even if I gave you that. <laughs> Even if I gave you like a, a relatively large budget, the way that like Singapore is shot, the way that like everything is like taken in, it it makes it seem gorgeous, you know? Like it's it's I I think that it's like a like a a feast for the eyes, honestly. Like it's it it's just pretty to watch and it's amazing to watch and I was compelled to watch it and I walked in through the door with incredible doubts. You know, I had like, oh my god, this is going to be the movie that is supposed to like all the Asians are just so, supposed to support because we're supposed to support it. I went in there with that mentality, and I went out with a smile because I appreciated it because there was a lot of shit that was in there that I could relate with, that I saw in my own culture that I'd never seen before on the big screen. I'd uh seen my like. You know, an Asian, like an, an Asian city, an Asian country that was portrayed beautifully, beautiful than like as beautiful as any great American city and even more so in that way. Like it, I, it made it made greatness possible. It, it like it brought that to light. So that's I, what I, I appreciate. I, I think this is this might be the, the biggest divide between me and everybody who loves this movie is I don't think we should love it because it's Asian. Okay. I want I, I to take this and, and have us look at it from a very objective standpoint, that you have, you have no cultural background, right? And you're watching this movie, you know, it, it's, it's in the United States, right? So you could be black, white, Mexican, whatever. Right. Um, and you're going to watch this movie, and you see a pretty city, you see – cultural values you see a standard rom-com they took a formula they they executed it they very well they it. executed it they executed it to like 
above the standard. It wasn't the best, but it was above the standard. Mm-hmm. But but it lacked originality. It okay, yeah, it lacked originality in the story. It didn't lack originality in other any other aspect. I I I think. See, that's the thing. I I think you take any culture, and you can. If you think that turning Singapore into the setting of a of a beautiful film is is what makes this original, it, I, I think you got to re what you said wait, about wait, wait, wait. Boston no, 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 being no, no. a setting for The Departed because it's what they tried to do, right? No, I mean, absolutely. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Look, but The Departed Boston feeds into stereotypes that already exist. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Departed is not a new film. Fucking mm-hmm. Gone Baby Gone, Goodwill Hunting, any other movie that fucking like Casey Affleck is in. All right? Like every <laughs> single one of the like or Mark Wahlberg, you know, take your pick. Um you, you know what uh what was that the town with uh the town uh the with nun, Ben Affleck. The nun mask. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever. Like I don't I, like a- any one of those fucking movies. They're all the fucking same. They're like, oh yeah, you know, like we're from we're from like Saudi or whatever, and you know, like we're we're robbers and we've always been robbers, you know, oh. and like oh yeah, you know, I go down to East Hampton and I get my hands <laughs> okay, okay, just okay. you know right next to the okay. Point taken. Point taken. Okay. Scratch Boston. Let's let's, yeah, let's, let's jump. Boston. Let's okay. jump to let's let's jump to Slumdog Millionaire then. Okay. Yes. Another film that okay. that took. That took a country that has a stereotype and they turned it into something beautiful. Yeah. Right. It's been done. It's it, it's it's been but, done. Yeah, it but Slumdog Millionaire is you you explore the culture of India. Yes, there is a formula a formulaic aspect to it, but there hasn't been something like Slumdog Millionaire before because you can't keep on pressing those same sort of you like you've a like India right now. The only thing I know about it, and it's probably because I don't have a like an understanding of where it comes culturally, like. In, in film terms is that there's a lot of poor people and then there's a lot of charismatic people who, who sing fucking bongra. Okay. That's what, Slum, <laughs> that's what Slumdog Millionaire presented to me. Honestly, like, you know, Slumdog Millionaire is what it is, but it's not crazy rich Asians. Crazy rich Asians presented a whole bunch of different cultures, a whole bunch of different people from like uh, a lot of different upbringings that all were Asian. You know, and show that there was a diversity in that group and put them all into the same movie to show that that diversity was there. This is what I wanted to tell you. Like, you tell me all the time, like, oh, this is a shitty fucking rom-com, whatever. Like, you know, you just, you just plug and play the, like, culture that, that you want and put it into this formula and it works. It doesn't because they paid attention to the details of the culture and it's not necessarily details that, like, other people would pick up on, but you pick up on and you just dismiss because it's stuff that you've seen before. Like the night market is, is something that people have not seen before. The Mahjong oh my God. Is, is people that have not seen before. Dumpling. You mean people haven't seen episodes of Anthony Bourdain? Yeah. People <laughs> haven't watched fucking like episodes of Anthony Bourdain because Anthony Bourdain doesn't like go from place to place and like, and, and he just fucking eats there. That's it. And he <laughs> jumps from country to country. So it's not like, Oh, here is my like entire thing on like what makes up this. It's like I like pho. This is what pho is. Blah 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 blah. It's one thing. It's 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 different. It's a laser focused sort of thing, and then it gets lost in the mire of other stuff that's presented there. He'll jump from like fucking I don't know Guinea from one day to Taipei and eat crazy crazy tofu, and the 
a lot of what the what the people see is just like, oh shit, there's a lot of weird shit out, out there. Great, there's a lot of weird shit out there. Focus on one thing. Focus on a culture, and and really bring it to light. You you can't just say one thing exists out there because guess what? There's a whole bunch of trash movies that are done about the same thing over and over and over again. You know. And you, you, the, when you're finally presented with an opportunity to present something in a cultural, in a cultural sense that is not American culture and is not a culture that is stereotyped by every other piece of media that you see, that has significance. That's why this movie was important. How can you present something when people are caricatures though? It, it's not a caricature based on like, like, like on, on everybody that's fucking out there. You have, Crazy people. You have Ronnie Chang, who is a crazy person. You have Jimmy Oyang, who's a crazy person, and kind of Aquafina, a little bit Aquafina. But you have normalcy in there, and you have moments of normalcy, and you have anchor characters. Like, as much as you think that Constance Wu is a boring character in this film, she serves an important role because she's the person that people, like, that are not connected to us most identify with. Like, she does not have deep Asian roots like Asia Asian roots, like Henry Golding does or Michelle Yeoh does in this movie. All right. She goes in almost as an outsider, almost completely as an outsider and tries to interact with them to like, to a degree, like assimilate to their culture or respect their culture by doing what she understands, what limit she has in understanding. Okay. Constance Wu is American born, American raised. She doesn't speak the language very well. You know, like going into this whole series, going into this movie. And she, she is the, the bridge from like everybody who has not seen this culture before to everybody who has. You don't relate to Constance Wu because you're on the other spot side of the spectrum. You've seen all this before. You're not impressed. Okay. But everybody else relates to her. Yes, because she's a little bit bland. She's a little bit of an every person and she plays it as a straight man going into this film. Mm-hmm. There's a significance to that. There's a necessity to that. Well, I, I get, I get that she's supposed to be like this straight person, somebody who's like, you know, somebody that we relate to. I, I get it that, because that's how you tell a story, right? right? You have to tell a story through the somebody through the eyes of somebody you relate to. That that makes sense. I, I, I think her, I, I still think her character development was weak. We've already talked about that. I think her acting was poor. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, but I mean, like, but you're right. But but you're right. Yeah, I mean, she is she is developed to be the character that that tells the story. Um, I, I I still am not convinced that we not we uh, crazy rich Asians told a different kind of story. Um, and it 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 boils down to this: did it have to? And what do you mean? It sold tickets. Did it did it have to what? Did it have to be original? Did, did it need – was it important for this film to be original? It was original enough. That's my opinion. It was or, okay. it was original enough. And, and some other people, and I think even uh, the director says it – his feeling is it didn't have to be. Uh, I, I think he thinks that it had – it, it it was a gateway. His words are something like it was a gateway to something else. It didn't have to you know knock people's socks off. Um and I think that is the biggest problem with, with how I see this film. Um, and I I touched on earlier how I, I appreciate how this film wasn't quote unquote woke. Um, 
But I, I, I do want to say this. I, I think. God, you sound the, like such an old man, quote unquote. Well, <laughs> it's quote unquote lit right now. My quote lit. unquote bay. <laughs> yeah, shout out to to James. The quote unquote fire emoji. Fire bay emoji. Bay, fire right? emoji. <laughs> I I I want to. I want to say this because the Asian immigrant mindset, if they really wanted to make Constance Wu's character somebody significant, they, they should have they should have had the bigger picture in mind, which is Asians don't succeed by being average. And if the mindset was we were making this film to show – that we could put out something else that everybody else has put out and sell tickets. I 100% disagree with you, by the way, but go finish your thought. No, but I'm saying is define, define success, Define success in this, in terms of this movie or just generally in general. Okay. Define success. Like what were the goals that we were, that we were going for? Right. It, was it to make money? If if it was to make money, then yeah, hell yeah, we succeeded. And I'm glad that I'm glad I supported this film. Uh, it Barely. got my movie pass. It got my movie pass money. Uh, oh, and Michelle, by the way, canceled her movie pass that day, thinking that she'd be able to still use her movie pass because it wouldn't expire. Um, so you paid full happen. price. <laughs> Michelle had to pay full price for uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which um, it is what it is. Uh, so. Yeah, they got the money. They succeeded, but did it did it leave an impact? It, is was it something stellar? Was it something ground groundbreaking? The same way that you know Bruce, Jet Li, Jackie Chan. Um, you see, this is that's the thing. You think that Bruce and Jet Li and Jackie Chan were groundbreaking? They were groundbreaking for specific things. And yep. And, and as great as they were, unfortunately, over the course of time, that's ultimately what people latched onto. Look at Bruce Lee, look at Jet Li, look at Jackie Chan, look at Donnie Yen, look at all these people. Asians know how to do comedy. That's what we should put them in movies. Great. You know, like we have, uh, we have decades of movies where every Asian, even the fucking pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean, one Korean guy throws a kick. Like, come on, man. Like, you, that's, that's our portrayal there. Uh, you know, like we, we're, we're assistants. We're like, we're computer salespeople. We're technicians. We're behind the scenes people. You know, mm-hmm. like that's what we're portrayed as. That's the only thing that we are that, like, there's nobody in there in a leading role. There just isn't. Okay. Like Hawaii 5 fucked over like, um, their two Asian stars and, and then they left the two white ones. I mean, you have two fucking white guys in Hawaii 5 now, you know, and they have two, like, you know, I think there's like a Venezuelan chick that's coming in over now. Like, what's the fucking, you know, like, oh, is the, is the message white enough or like are Asians, you know, okay to be pushed aside? My idea of this success is to show that putting Asians in film is financially viable. It, and the reason okay. you do that is because it opens the door for more Asians to be put into leading roles and the studio heads you know, as white as they are and as much as they you know, are like, oh, you know, like uh, we really need a, a lead for this film, you know, like is I, I don't fucking know. Is like Joaquin Phoenix available for this or even worse? You know, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you know, like or or is like, I, I don't know, some like some other Phoenix. random fucking white actor Dane Cook. or Dane Cook or whoever, you know, like, um, or, 
you know, like, and there, don't, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of white actors that I enjoy, but it's because they've been given the, I mean, Justin Long, Justin Long started off as like a forever supporting actor, and I'm pretty sure that he's got a couple of like leading roles now, you know, here and there, granted, but like, like, they put out garbage too, you know, all these people put out garbage, and a lot of the reason that like, they, they're cast for this shit is just because like they have these established resumes. We don't get that opportunity is because we don't get an established like resume. We don't have the opportunity to come out and put something out there. I mean, after all these fucking years, people are still saying like John Cho on everything. Like, don't get me wrong. I like John Cho a lot. Okay. But John Cho doesn't have the biggest diversity of range, like in his initial acting career. Okay. Dude, he's really good at shouting MILF. Okay, sure. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he, they, they play a bit role in all these fucking places. And he's the only Asian actor that I know. You know? Like, hmm. Steve Yuen came along for fucking Walking Dead. And like, now he's the only Asian actor I know. Lucy Liu had her moment in the sun. That's the only Asian actress I know. Lana Condor is finally coming up. You have all these stars that are coming up based on this Crazy Rich Asians movie. And what I'm hoping, what I'm praying is that you get that influx into like normal, like even crappy shows. You get an Asian person in a fucking crappy show, but he leads that crappy show. And that crappy show is Big Bang Theory 2 or whatever. I don't fucking care. Just make it syndicated for 14 seasons so that somebody can say, hey, that guy anchored that show. Another guy can anchor another show. You can't make all greats. Okay. Didn't we did we try that with Ken Jong? Ken Jong has <laughs> his own show now. You know, it got canceled like six episodes in. Okay. It was pure trash. Okay, I did. But I'm, well, you can't just throw Asians into something. You have I mean, it, to. It, you have to because the alternative is waiting for something to come along. I mean, like ultimately, what we're gonna do is like we're gonna keep on like there's a, there's a show on on Netflix right now from Canada called Kim's Convenience, and I fucking love it. Oh, I heard it's awesome. It's a great fucking show, and it is about nothing. It is about a family that runs a convenience store and the day-to-day sort of shit that, like, a normal family goes through, and that is a beautiful fucking thing because, like, because... They tried to do a show like that uh, where it happened to be in Boston where a Korean... uh, It was a Korean mom and a white dad and their sons uh, were trying to run a bar or something okay. awful by the way sure um, but i mean like but like we have to seek that shit out that stuff's not readily available to us you know yeah. and, and i mean like not it's not just limited to asian americans this is just like a pure pure out call for like a little bit more representation out here like really i i'm i'm really tired of seeing like just people who don't look like me on the screen you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and seeing this film, like, for whatever little purpose that it served, you know, in the grand scheme of how good the story was or anything, showed me that people can, people can lead a film. People can, people who look like me can carry a film. And people who look like me can make a film that makes money, that makes financial sense, and can get other people that look like me into these sort of, into these sort of things. <laughs> People like me can make a film where other people that look like me will go and pay money to see it hey, and write look, Netflix I'm just, I'm reviews saying, saying how like, great it is. Look, fucking Friends? Like, Friends was about bullshit. You hate that shit, too. 
But everybody can relate to Rachel. Everybody can relate to Chandler to an a certain to a certain extent. Okay, like you have Fraser who was on for Chandler who Chandler Bing. All right, like I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like Fraser was on for 14 seasons. You know, and it was it was like it had its up its ups and downs. How I Met Your Mother was a terrible fucking series at the end. Okay. But why did everybody oh, yeah. relate to them? Because like Ted Mosby was a fucking everyman. Just Josh Radner, like, ha- like hasn't worked in an acting like acting position since. You know, mm-hmm. like I- I'm just saying, man. There's so much stuff out there. There's so much oh. opportunity, and it's all going to the same type of people that we've seen for decades for everything. And the fucking face of the country is changing. It just is. You know, I like granted we got raised in like Asia Town Cupertino and we're in Los Angeles. I'm in Los Angeles now. And you're in Seattle. I mean, it's like it's it's a good mix of people now. It I don't mm-hmm. really know of any place except for like, you know, flyover states in the middle of America where I go and I'm really the sore thumb that sticks out anymore. Almost every major city, anything any place that a a show like this would be filmed would will have mm-hmm. like that sort of character to the city at this point. So this is why I think this film is important because it opens doors. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) I, I I agree that the financial success was important. Um, I, I I haven't seen, like, do you know any white people that actually went and saw it? Yeah. All my coworkers. (laughs) Oh yeah? yeah. Did you did you pay for their tickets? Uh-huh. No, they all, went, they all they all went by themselves. They actually brought their kids too. So they brought their yeah. kids. Well, I mean, their kids are all in college, so like. Oh okay. All right. Well, that, that's fifty dollars. They're not getting back. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. All right, dude. Hey, Jeff. It was this was a really good talk, and uh, I I think it's it's good to hear different sides to this, and it has made me reconsider certain aspects about the film though though my my stance still remains the same that it's a very very average uh rom-com i don't i don't disagree with you i don't disagree with you there i think our our disagreement lies in the significance of it agreed agree i agree to disagree on that on that note um jeff always a pleasure uh anything you want to plug uh well while i still have you on uh, I am now on Instagram for my, uh, uh, cooking. <laughs> you can look me up. My handle is, uh, scratch made Sundays. And he makes some bomb ass, uh, hot sauce, uh, which unfortunately I wasn't able to try your, your ghost pepper one, uh, this past weekend, but next time, next, uh, time. next, time, next time I see him. All right, brother. This is, uh, Emil Wang of the Wang Bang podcast. Uh, this is Jeff Liu. Keep on banging. Thank you.